This is Meg Tilton at the 8 Cow Life, episode number 25, Learning to Draw the Line. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I hope you are having an amazing January and an amazing 2018 so far. Mine is going fairly well. I'm um, this week. I'm going to be back into the full swing. My kids just went back for two days last week, but this week, like piano lessons and ballet and everything else, is starting again. So we're going to be back into the busyness of life, which. I have to admit, I'm not super excited about, but it, it'll, it'll be good to get everybody back on a schedule. Um, I'm also still kind of fighting this cold that I've had before Christmas started. It just seems to linger. I still have this kind of nasally voice because I'm a little stuffed up and I get kind of coughing fits at night. It's not a whole lot of fun. It, I don't feel sick. I feel fine, but it's just not quite going away. My poor mom, she's had um, a sinus infection since before Thanksgiving. And I know a lot of other people have been kind of dealing with things and it's been going around and a lot of people have the flu and that knock on wood, our family has not gotten it yet. But I have a feeling that it's only a matter of time, unfortunately. So hopefully we'll do it over the long weekend or something over Martin Luther King holiday or something like that. Anyway, so I hope you guys are all having a wonderful January and that you are living your life on purpose and that you are going to go after 2018 with just gusto and enthusiasm and excitement because it's going to be a great, great year, my friends. It's going to be amazing. And I hope that this podcast will help you do that and it will teach you a lot of things and that You can just take your life and run and just do amazing things. So I am excited to hear how all of you are doing this year. So I want to jump right into the podcast today because it's a little bit longer. Um, I kind of type everything out and this one's a little bit longer than usual, but I think it has so many awesome points. And we're going to talk today about a subject that I think is so important in living your life on purpose. But I want to start off by telling you a story or just an experience that I had really in my life. So we, many of you may, if you've seen me on Facebook Live this last week, or if you get my emails um, through my subscription, which if you're not, hello, like go sign up at my website. I wrote a little thing about our dog, Nestle, who is our chocolate standard poodle, who's huge and he's such a good dog. He really is. But he came with a new set of issues that we didn't have with our smaller little Shih Tzu, who's Griffin. And we didn't even know that these were going to be issues because we've never had a big dog. But one of them is, is that he gets up on the counter. And so I talked about that in my Facebook live, but I want to talk about, um, kind of what happened when we first got him. So he's just about a year now and he has tons of energy Um, when he gets worked up, he can lay around and be really calm for most of the day. But 
<clears throat> where we live in our development, we're not allowed to have fences. So Griffin just basically goes out, goes to the bathroom, comes back in. He's not really, you know, a wanderer and he doesn't like to hang out outside. He likes to be inside, but Nestle needs to go out and kind of blow off some steam sometimes. Well, at the beginning, I my stress level was extremely high with him because he didn't know our boundaries. We didn't have a fence. And so if my kids would leave the door open, he would run out and he liked to run across the road to our neighbors who have another dog who's super nice and they would play. And I, luckily those neighbors didn't have a problem with that. And I didn't really have a problem with that either, but people like to go pretty fast down our road. And my biggest fear was that he was going to get hit by a car. And that would be so tragic because when I was a veterinary technician for a while, I worked at an emergency clinic in Portland, Oregon. And, um, one day I was at the front desk and, uh, working the front desk and this woman came in and she had this big blanket and she was hysterical. And she was like, my dog just got hit by a car. And she's like, is there anything you could do? And they ushered her right back and there was nothing. I mean, he was dead <laughs> and, um, and it wasn't pretty. I'll just put it that way. And, you know, he had gotten away from her and had run out in the road and gotten hit. And so with Nestle, we decided that we needed to have some sort of a boundary with him. So we got an electric fence and we put that in. Um, actually, it's one of those radio frequency ones where it kind of, you don't have a line that's buried, which was kind of nice. And the box just sits down in our basement and it has like a radius and it's like a circle. And my husband spent a couple days just training him on that. And he did get shocked a couple of times, which I know a lot of people think that that's really kind of cruel, but I don't because I want you to think to yourself, is that really cruel? Is that the more cruel thing to have happen or to have him get hit by a car? I'd rather have him get this little shock like and be fine as opposed to getting hit by a car where he'd have extensive injuries or he would have to be put to sleep or be killed instantly. So we put this boundary and he learned it really fast. And so the boundary is if he walks up or to this thing, this little beep goes off to warn him like, hey, you're getting really close to this boundary. And if he ignores it, then he gets shocked and he does not like that. And so he'll back away and he obeys the boundary now like I can let him outside he'll run around our house other dogs will walk by he might bark at them but he will not go past the boundary and it is a beautiful thing because he gets to be outside he gets to enjoy the outdoors and be able to blow off some steam I'm relaxed I'm not all worked up I'm able to love him more and let him do that and not be all uptight at my kids for leaving the doors like open or always be like, where's the dog? Where's the cat? You know, where's everything? We used to have to worry about that with our cat. That's why I almost said that, like shut the door so the cat doesn't get outside. So that boundary has really eliminated so much stress and allowed me to enjoy him so much more. I enjoy him so much more now that I don't have to worry about him because there's a boundary in place that I know that he will obey and that will protect him and thus save me a whole lot of grief. 
So that is what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about boundaries. So the reason I decided to talk about boundaries today was because I feel that um, boundaries are so important in living your life on purpose. And that is why we're going to discuss them more in depth today. We have boundaries all around us. And really, we like boundaries because boundaries keep us safe. Boundaries keep us in line and keep other people in line. If you live in the United States or really any first world country, they are actually really boundaried countries. And I know that that seems kind of like, what? No, that seems not true, but it is true. We do have boundaries in this country and they really protect us in many ways. And if you've ever traveled abroad, you know that just in the way of our traffic system and how it is set up, that you are very grateful for the boundaries we have in that area. The system of traffic lights and signs and speed limits are all in place to keep us safe and to know what will happen if we choose to break them. Just go to go and drive in Asia or the Middle East and you will come home praising our traffic patterns. I promise you, you will be so grateful for them. So we have boundaries in not only say driving areas, but we also have boundaries in relationships with family, friends, and society at large. For example, anyone in my family is welcome to open my fridge whenever they would like. And if friends are over, they are welcome to open it as they help me clean up the kitchen, or if they're looking for something, they can certainly go into my fridge. But say if a furnace repairman came over and he went up and just opened my fridge, that would not be okay. He would be breaking a boundary. And I would certainly say something if he did do that, right? I'd be like, hello, why are you going in my fridge? Like, you have crossed a boundary. So it is really easy for us all to see how physical boundaries are important in the examples I have just given with my dog and with traffic patterns and with, say, people who come into my house and go into my fridge. However, it is just as important to have emotional boundaries. Now, these boundaries are the ones that many of us have a hard time with. And emotional boundaries really define the space that is like my emotional responsibility as as opposed to the space that is someone else's responsibility. Emotional boundaries may seem like walls, But I really like what Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend said in their book entitled Boundaries, where they state that boundaries are really a permeable line that allows the good in and the bad out. The purpose of a boundary is to increase our ability to love and be available to others. When we state a boundary, what we are doing is making a request of someone to change a behavior and then informing him or her of the consequence if they don't comply with that request. And the consequence is what we will do as a result of them not changing their behavior. I want to be very clear that boundaries are not manipulative. They are not put in place to force the other person to change. They are simply a declaration of what we will do if the person does not comply with our request. So for example, if someone yells at you, you can tell him or her that you will leave the room and not talk to them again until they can talk to you in a normal voice. 
Notice how that person still has the right to continue yelling, but you won't be there to listen to it. So I was recently watching a Brenna Brown video, and she's a great philosopher, studier of human behavior. And she was talking about how the most boundaried people are also the most loving, compassionate, and empathetic. I think that this is so important to recognize, and I think it's especially important to recognize in the church. So often we think that if we are not available, and if we don't say yes to everything, Latter-day Saints are really guilty of this, if we don't say yes to everything that we are asked to do, that we are being unloving or that we're being unchristlike. But I want you to ask yourself how many times you have done something out of a feeling of obligation that caused you irritation, annoyance, and anything but a loving feeling in your heart. Can any of you raise your hand? I certainly can. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm not giving you a free pass to say no to everything you could be asked to do. I do think sometimes we need to push ourselves and stretch outside of our comfort zones so that we can help other people and grow as a person ourselves. There is a big difference to saying no to the bishop asking you to go and visit someone after church because you want to go home and watch a football game or take a nap, as opposed to saying no because you have been away from your family all week, your kids need you, and you need to have some quiet in order to get recharged for the week. A boundaried person knows when they cannot give out of love and when they need to push themselves in order to feel it again. There is a difference. So you know the difference. You know that difference in your heart, okay? But a boundaried person knows that and isn't afraid to state that when they know that they can't do it from a place of love because they don't have anything more to give. So I was recently chatting with one of my clients about a woman that she had recently been asked to visit teach. The assigning Relief Society present told this woman that her visiting teachee was known for asking a lot and taking up others' time. I taught this client about boundaries and how she could implement them with the sister so that she could serve from a place of love, not only for the sister she was serving, but also for herself. We are always forgetting to love ourselves in many of the things we are asked to do. And I don't mean this in a vain way, love ourselves vainly, but in a caring and compassionate way so that we can continue to have a full reserve to serve when we are really needed. Now, understanding boundaries is one thing, but putting them into practice is another. In order for them to be effective, one has to follow through and not cave into the person where the boundary has been requested when they don't like it. So let's go back to this this client that I taught about boundaries with her visiting teachee. Let's say that the visiting teacher who had this needy visiting teaching sister told this sister that she could help her every Thursday between 1 and 4 p.m., but that the sister would need to to call her by Wednesday at 7 p.m. and let her know. So then the visiting teacher agreed and understood this request from her visiting teacher and was clear on what the boundary was. The next week, the visiting teacher, say, calls the woman on Thursday at 10 a.m. and said she needed something from the store. 
How would the woman enforce the boundary? This is a tough one because a lot of us would give in, right? We'd be like, well, I don't really have anything going on. I guess I can do it, right? This is where we all rationalize in our heads. But the boundary had been given and the woman knew the boundary. So how this could be enforced is that the visiting teacher could say, I am so sorry that you forgot to get that this week during your shopping. Unfortunately, I am not going to be able to help you this afternoon since you didn't call me last night and I have already made plans with that time today. I know some of you may think this is cruel, especially if she doesn't have anything going on, like I said earlier. But is it? If so, who is it cruel to? I would say the visiting teacher would be being cruel to herself because she is not loving and respecting herself. The boundary was made clear, and even if the visiting teachee throws a fit, the visiting teacher does not need to hate her or love her any less. She can allow her to be upset and be ready to serve the next week if the visiting teachee complies with the boundary request, which now she is much more likely to do because she knows the boundary is a real one. Do you see the difference? If the visiting teacher had given in to the visiting teachee when she called on Thursday, then that boundary would have absolved. It wouldn't exist anymore. And then that visiting teachee would start taking more and more advantage and the visiting teacher would have to give in more and more. And then there would be this wall of resentment where if the line was just drawn and it was made very clear and it was held tight, then she could serve that woman every Thursday between one and four out of love and respect for both herself and for the woman. And the woman would know that she could get that help every Thursday between one and four as long as she called by Wednesday at seven o'clock. Boundaries are a beautiful thing. They are beautiful and they can really help you to love people more fully. Now, don't go around abusing boundaries. This is something you have to be really careful of because boundaries are actually kind of limited in their use. And a lot of times really what we need to do is change our thinking about a situation. So if somebody's, you know, say, I want my husband to be more romantic. Well, that's not a, something that you would put a boundary on, right? Because you're asking him to change. You're asking him to do things that are unrealistic, maybe to his personality and to who he is. That's where you have to change your thinking about who he is and how he acts. Because he hasn't really crossed a boundary for you. It hasn't like he's violated you in any way because he's not being romantic. So that's just an, a, an example I'm using. But you have to be really clear on boundaries and there has to be something really broken. So you have to determine what those boundaries are for yourself. Set those personal boundaries, what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do and what you're willing to accept on how people act and what they're not. And it's going to be different for everybody. So some people will be able to take more things from people, people calling and intruding on their time than other people just based on who they are and how they want to love. But really... This is a way that we are able to love other people and they're amazing things, but you can't abuse them. So boundaries are not things that we do to try and change people. That's really important as well. They are simply tools we use to love ourselves and others more. There is a big difference. 
our job is never to change anyone. It is simply to love them. So I know that this can be maybe a little bit confusing exactly where boundaries are necessary. Um, and I've given you some examples today, but if you have any further questions or would like further clarification on boundaries, please feel re- free to write me at meg at the because I would love to chat with you. So now I wanted to let you know that for a limited time, I am looking for new clients to go through my six week coaching program to test it out with me and give me feedback. Now, this is a little bit more specific program that what I did than what I did before for the free coaching. And I've developed this program myself and I can't wait to share it with you. But what I'm looking for is 10 stay at home moms who want to start pursuing an interest outside of motherhood, all while being able to keep their kiddos and their hubbies as their number one priority. So if you have a desire to go back to school, to write a book, to start a blog, or take a dance class, or any other passion that you've kind of put on the back burner, this is the course for you. So please email me at meg at the so we can chat more about it and I can get you all set up and see if you're a good fit for this. So this is a limited time and I do have limited space. So if this is something that you want to partake in and um, go through, I would love to have you. Um, And if you know of anybody, if this doesn't fit you, but you know of somebody that it might, please share this with them and let them know that they can get a hold of me at meg at the cowlife.com. And I would love to chat with them. So I hope you all have a great week. I hope that you can use boundaries this week and kind of focus on them a little bit in living your life on purpose during the month of January. And I will see you again next week. Have a good one until then, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.